Look, we have a lot of fun here at Remember the Game Industries. You've all heard my obnoxious, high-pitched laugh on the show. I love it. Video games are fun. The Simpsons are funny. It's good times. You know what isn't fun? Shopping for razors. And I don't mean that to sound sarcastic. It genuinely sucks. That's why you shouldn't shop for razors. You should just get them delivered by Harry's. Pick up a $3 trial set at harrys.com RTG and see what I'm talking about. I'm not going to stop beating the Harry's drum because it's a drum worth beating. The best razors on the market at better prices than the crap at the store and they're delivered to you. It's like a shaving cheat code. You've heard me say it. I have been a Harry's customer since I was driving a forklift at a company I'm not allowed to name but you all know who it is and sure my beard gets some praise now but i was a stubble guy for a long time and i still use harry's blades to keep the edges of my beard crisp so it looks like i have a jawline and if you've ever tried to shave along the edges of a beard you know that you can go through blades fast because there's a lot of weeds to whack in there but harry's blades just keep coming back for more i'm not just saying it there's so much better than the junky stuff you get at the store that means a faster cleaner shaving and two you buy less blades because they last longer the best razors for less money brought right to your door i don't know how else to say this harry's is on top for a reason the best reviews in the business customizable delivery schedules so you get them when you need them i can't see a reason not to use Harry's. Getting ripped off isn't funny. Switch to Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash RTG. That's harrys.com slash RTG for a $3 trial set. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Remember the Game. It is my retro gaming podcast where every week a buddy of mine and I sit down and we geek out about the games we played back in the day. My name is Adam Blank. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And this week it is the final Remember the Game of the Year. Hopefully you're having a great happy holidays, whatever it is you're celebrating at the end of December. And uh, I wanted to go out with a bang. And last year I swore that I would get to Portal by the end of 2022 and it was the final episode of December and we're going to pull the exact same stunt this year in 2023 with Portal 2. Now, I never played these games before I fired the original one up last year. I'd seen all the reviews and the appearances on the best games of all time lists and stuff like that. And I'll be honest, I was skeptical that it could live up to the hype. But it actually not only lived up to, it exceeded said hype. Portal was one of the best video games I have ever played in my entire life. One of the most brilliant puzzle experiences I've ever experienced. And I knew people love Portal 2 as well. And I, and I wasn't as skeptical this time around because I knew how good the first game was and all that stuff. But I was wondering, like, are, are you really going to be able to capture the magic of Portal again? And I'm, and I'm very, very happy to say that they sure fucking did. Portal 2 is just as spectacular as the first game. It's just as funny. It's just as clever. It's just as polished. It has multiplayer this time around. Um, my guest to wrap out 2023 is the pending Remember the Game Hall of Famer Mark McHugh, who's also chock full of portally goodness and ready to praise this game as much as I am. Uh, I'm praying by the time that these episodes are done, we have convinced every one of you out there listening to this right now that haven't played the Portal games to get off your duff and experience these 
two gems as the masterpieces they are. They're available on everything. And we'll get there in just a minute because speaking of masterpieces that are available on everything, it's time for another edition of the Remember the Game infamous intro. If you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard to consider this your warning. Our intros are kind of long, but they're fun, and they're almost as easy to get through as a portal is. You just skip. If you want to skip the intro, you just want portal talk, go to about the 30-minute mark on your phone or whatever. You're there. Huzzah. But give the whole thing a listen. We talk video games and stuff. It's fun. Let me get my plugs out of the way. It's how we keep the bills on for the final time this year. All kinds of merchandise available at rememberthegamepodcast.com. Shout out to 4545creative.com for designing our sexy ass merchandise and of course if you're like i have a sexy ass i don't want to hide it in clothes i understand that you could always just support us on patreon because our subscription started just three dollars a month and you get about the greatest value in the history of the universe you can listen to them on spotify or just about anywhere you listen to podcasts they're ad free and you get instant access to up to four additional shows each week monday Purple Monkey Dishwasher, Mark McHugh and I are working through The Simpsons and talking about Simpsons and Simpsons-related topics. It's pretty fun. Tuesday, it's The Rambling Idiot, where I do I, I talk comedy, TV, movies, sports, whatever else I want. All these pictures you're seeing me post of Crossing Another you've never seen off the list with all the movies I'm watching, that's where I talk about them, is over on The Rambling Idiot. Every Friday, we drop Game Patch, which is my modern gaming news show, where I talk about the biggest stories in games, new releases, sales picks, all that good stuff. And the Expansion Pass goes live every Thursday, and it's a different gaming show each week. We look back at characters and consoles and genres and franchises. We rank stuff. There's some comedy episodes. There's a ton, a ton of modern game reviews. And uh, this past week, it was Expansion Pass 191. And as it was the week before Christmas, it was time for our annual airing of gaming grievances and part of our Festivus celebrations. If you don't know... Festivus is a Christmas alternative holiday from the show Seinfeld. It's brilliant. And part of it is airing grievances and letting people know how they've disappointed you over the past year. And as is becoming tradition, here is a sneak week of last week's episode of Expansion Pass, the fourth annual airing of gaming grievances. And then, uh, and the last company that came up on my list, and they, they came up on a few of your lists, is... Uh, it's my precious Nintendo. And listen, we're going to complain about PlayStation when we get to the games. A lot of people had some things to say about PlayStation this year, and we'll, and we'll get there. But I just wanted to air a grievance about Nintendo as a whole. And you all know, I, I, I have the card in my wallet. It's, I am a card-carrying member of the Nintendo Fanboy Club. I've never hidden that. I've owned all their systems, minus the Virtual Boy. Shut the fuck up. Because every time I say it, people are like, you had a Virtual Boy? <laughs> Go read Kotaku. Fuck off. Uh, whoa, I'm getting it's a fucking grievances episode I haven't gone full blown angry at him in a while I might get there by the end of this episode that's what it's all about the, my, my son says your company stinks but in all seriousness like I love Nintendo and I love Nintendo's games and like two of their games are gonna at least contenders to make my game of the year list being Mario and Zelda but like is there a less fan friendly company out there at least in the world of gaming these days than Nintendo That's now available in our archives, and this week it's Expansion Pass 192, and I really wanted to end the year with a bang. We have the Portal 2 podcast today, and tomorrow for the final Expansion Pass of the year, it is our much 
much, much requested. Third, remember the game game draft. If you don't know, in the past, we've drafted NES games. We've, just, we've drafted SNES games. We have four participants to each draft 10 games, and then our listeners pick who drafted the best lineup. And now it's time to draft what Nintendon't with our Sega Genesis draft. It's locked and loaded. My buddies Andre, Chris, and Mike the Ref join me to draft 10 Sega Genesis games each, and then the listeners will decide who has the best lineup and will donate some money to the charity of the winner's choice. So that'll be available tomorrow. Actually, it'll be available today. It's going to be available a little bit early. Normally goes live on Thursday. This one's going to be live Wednesday at noon for all of our Patreons to enjoy. That's my Christmas gift to you. So again, subscriptions start at $3 a month. You get new shows every week, instant access to literally hundreds and hundreds of ad-free bonus podcasts starting the archives waiting for you. Plus, access to the Remember the Game Discord, the chance to vote in our Patreon polls each month, the ability to submit comments to our shows. You get DM with me, you get discounts on merch, and you even get a shout-out and get to hear me mispronounce your name like I'm about to do to most of these people. A huge thank you to our final Patreons of 2023, Key Rex, JP, Dizzy, Finard, Mika Williams or Micah Williams. I don't know. That could go either way. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Mika because that sounds. Yeah, I'll go Mika. Jake Craven, Chris Sizer, Big the Cats, Big Barbed Cat Boinker. Fuck me. Uh, That's 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 remember the game right there. Emil Gudmundsen, Emil Gudmundsen. Sorry, M email, email Emil. I'm sorry. James Cook, Shank the Rat Faced Bastard, Kieran O'Brien, that guy is your mom, and Zach Riley. Thank you so much for the support and welcome to Remember the Game Industries. You can find all that at patreon.com slash remember the game. Don't forget we offer annual subs that'll save you your 12th month's fees and 5% of it gets donated to charity. Finally, I'm over on Twitch whenever I feel like it. Twitch.tv slash remember the game. Come by and say hi. I'm playing through Batman Arkham Asylum over there right now. And it's pretty, oh, it's a it's pretty mediocre stream, but I'm there. So come by and say hi. That's enough blowing myself. Let's blow some of you by blowing in some cartridges. It is our opening segment here on the show. I read a few comments and questions from our patrons, usually gaming related, but not always. And we call this segment blowing in the cartridge. He blows all right. He blows big time. That's it, honey. Get into the spirit. <laughs> Let's blow in our first blower this week is JB Sharps, who says, hey, Blank, do you have any gaming resolutions for 2024? Maybe to branch out to different genres, franchises, or even a new console? Me personally, I'm intrigued by the Saturn, and I'll probably give it a shot next year, but I'm afraid I will turn into a Saturnian. Yeah, you got to be careful, JB Sharps, because your first Saturn game is just a gateway game. And then before you know it, you're a full-blown Saturnian and your family leaves you and you smell like onions. Is what I assume most Saturnians go through. Um, Honestly, you know what? I made some gaming resolutions last year and I'll probably get into them on The Rambling Idiot next week. I didn't really stick to them. So I don't know if I'm going (laughs) to... I don't know. I, uh... It's tough because at this point with the podcast, I'm basically trying to play through a game a week just to keep up with Remember the Game. So I don't know how off the charted course I'll get to. I know a couple of people have mentioned they'd like some Saturn episodes. I know some people want some more PC-centric episodes. Um, there's like, you know, the odd person has asked for like a Turbo Graphics and stuff like that. But truth be told, like, I don't know. There's still a ton of NES, SNES, Genesis, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance PlayStation 1, Nintendo 64, PS2, GameCube, Xbox, Dreamcast, PS3, Xbox 360, like there's DS. Uh, there's still a lot that I want to get to. So um, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really, you know, my only gaming resolution this year is to spend more time on Twitch. I really do want to try to get on Twitch three or four days a week. That's it. Other than that, I don't know. I'm just going to wing it, see how the year goes. And uh, yeah. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna commit to too much this year because last year I I tried to be all gung ho and now I'm looking back on it feeling like a piece of shit because I didn't accomplish a goddamn thing. Uh, so yeah, no, no, no resolutions. Uh, Rage George, Rage. I still don't know if it's Rage Orge, Rage Org, Ray George, Ray George, Ray George said, "Do you prefer TMNT in its original comic book form with all red bandanas, a little bit darker, etc., or the later iterations where things have changed to purple, orange, red, blue with a lighter feel?" The '80s cartoon and '90s movie were my first exposure, so those will always be my nostalgia. But I started reading the original comics, and they are pretty rad too. Yeah, I, I, those were my first exposure to the turtles as well. Was the '80s cartoon in the first movie? But I have started reading some of the older comics too. The older comics are sweet. I do think they look badass, all rocking the red bandanas. But it's just like muscle memory for me now. I have such a hard time separating them from the red, blue, orange, purple that I don't know if I want to go back to the all red. I will say I like the different color bandanas, but with a little bit more dark um, atmosphere around them. So if you're looking for something like that to all of you out there, I recommend checking out the IDW comics. They're out now. It's like an ongoing comic series, and they've got the modern look, but it's a much grittier. Co it's really they're really fucking good. That's like yeah, they're they're that's I would highly that's probably my favorite version of the turtles are those comics. So that's probably what I would go with. But when I started my tattoo sleeve, uh, the artist asked me because he's a big turtles fan. He was like, "Do you want to go with all red or do you want to go with the four colors?" And I thought about it, and I was like, "I just you know I know four reds are where it started, but my heart's with the, the four different colors. I got I got to stick with." I got to stick with where my heart sends me. And that's with the four different colors. Donatello looks weird with a red bandana. I, I love him. He just does. Fallen Snow Kiku said, Bonjour, Mr. Adam Blank. Lately, I've been finding myself playing a lot of remasters and re-releases of older games. And I was wondering, if one of those gave you an option between classic graphics and redone graphics, what do you usually pick? I prefer the original for 2Ds and then redone graphics for 3D games. Um, you know what? Honestly, 99% of the time, if I can choose between original graphics and, and like up modern redone graphics, I usually like to go with originals. Uh... Unless I'm specifically playing it like the Halo Master Chief Collection, I like to swap between the original graphics and the modern ones, but I spend most of it playing in the modern ones. But by and large, I just prefer... I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because I'm old. I, I prefer original graphics as much as possible. Uh, there's exceptions, but doesn't matter if it's 2D or 3D. By and large, I prefer the, uh, the originals. Because then you look at the remasters and it's like, oh, this is neat. This is like what it would look like if it looked, you know, new and good. Like Mario RPG. Mario RPG remake looks spectacular, but I, I genuinely think I prefer the original graphics. I like the remake gameplay a little better, but I genuinely prefer the original graphics. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick. I'm going to stick. I'm going to go old school. I, I like the original graphics for the most part. The Beast Legend Gaming said, hey, Adam, how do you feel on CM Punk being back in the WWE after 10 plus years? Sorry, spoilers for anyone that has not seen or didn't know. Uh, I'm assuming just about every wrestling fan knows. You're all good, Beast. Uh, I've been asked this a few times. I won't waste too much time on it. I shouldn't say waste. I mean, I mean some would say wrestling's a waste of time. I disagree. You're a waste of time. Wrestling's awesome. Um, but I won't spend too much time on it because I know it's a gaming show and not everybody cares about wrestling. I will say that, like, I'm happy that he seems happy and I am a punk fan, so it's cool that he's back on television. That said, like, I have been watching more WWE lately and it honestly has next to nothing to do with punk. I, I really like what they're doing with Gunther. I'm happy that Randy Orton's back. I know some people are sick of Roman Reigns. I am not. I still love that. I like Cody Rhodes. I love what they're doing with some of their women's division. Not all of it, but some of it. And uh, as much as I like AEW, and I'm not one of those, you got to pick one or the other. I like both. I genuinely just enjoy WWE's product more. And that punk is there is like neat. That's kind of icing on the cake. But I, I honestly think the show would be just as good right now without him. Uh, so I'm happy that he's back and I hope it all works out. But 
um, I, I lost a lot of respect for him after the AEW situation and the way he acted. So I don't know if I'll ever quite look at him the same for a while. He was my favorite wrestler. And like, I wouldn't even put him in my top five favorite WWE wrestlers right now, but he it's, it's cool. He's one more bullet in the chamber for WWE. They're rolling going into the, their playoff season with the rumble and WrestleMania. It's fucking sick. Uh, super garbage day. What are your thoughts on the remember the game subreddit becoming partially a place for confused Redditors attempting to find the name of a long lost game? I think it's spectacular. If you didn't know, there is a remember the game subreddit now. And yeah, we get the occasional person coming in that I don't think they even know it's a podcast. They just think it's a Reddit for like, Oh, Hey, does anyone remember what this game was called? And they just post a description of it. Uh, I like it. I just love retro games. I like reading those threads. I lurk at our Reddit a lot. So, uh, no, I'm a fan. Fuck yeah. Why not? I mean, it, frankly, it makes more sense than the, the show name does. So I'm, I'm all for it. I hope we get people coming in looking for like old board games and stuff soon too. Like I used to play this version of tag where we did this. Does anyone remember what it's called? I, I'd be down with that. Wasabi said, Hey Adam, I want to know what you think of the patched and hacked games. Usually I stick with the originals, but I'm playing uh, Pokemon crystal legacy right now, which is a patched version of the original, but with upgraded difficulty, more balancing and more replayability of the game. Honestly, I feel that this is a great way to revisit some classics with a touch of improvement from the community. Since retro games never got patches. I wish you a wonderful holiday season with your family. And I hope for a dashing 2024. You too, Wasabi. Happy new year. Uh, you know what? I'm honestly trying to think about it. I don't know. If I've ever play, played a patched or hacked, like a like I've played like patched games from developers, but for like a fan made one or a, you know like the ROM hacks and stuff like that, I don't think I've ever played one. And a ton of you have suggested some of them, and some of them look great. But if you're new to the show, you might. I am so PC illiterate, it's not even funny. And uh, I just hate farting around. My I don't want to play on my computer, and I hate farting around with ROMs and stuff. So I, I do have my mini consoles hacked, get a bunch of games that I can't normally get my hands on. But other than that, I don't really dapple because it's just like if they were something I could just download on like my Switch or my PS5 and play them, sure. But once I have to go into the, my computer and stuff, uh, I have enough to play. I do think they're rad though. And I think it's I think they're a really cool concept. And I like that fans out there are supporting them. Like WWF No Mercy still getting love. There's these Pokemon ones. I know there's countless Mario hacks and shit. Uh, I haven't experienced them, but I'm glad that they're a thing because gamers are awesome. Well, we're pretty toxic, but some of us are pretty awesome. And it's nice to see some people that can make these creative visions of theirs and put them out there for the world to, to rage and rage at and, uh, and criticize remorselessly as the internet does. Kieran O'Brien said, hi, Adam, just signed up for Patreon. If they're finally catching up with the show this week, thank you. I started listening a year ago and I want to say thank you for putting your voice in a podcast so I can jam it in my ear holes. As for my first ever blow, I'm curious about your opinion on the recent news about the rock star hacker being sentenced to a secure hospital for life. Hope you have a good Christmas and New Year's. Stay squeaky. Thank you, Kieran. Thank you for the support. Yeah, if you don't know, the I think he was 18, the 18-year-old kid that hacked like Rockstar and put a whole bunch of GTA 6 footage up online a while ago has been sentenced to like a life sentence in basically like a hospital um and at first when I when I when all I saw was the headline that said GTA 6 hacker sentenced to life I was like okay that's listen I'm anti-hacking to the like the uh, like to those fucking the leakers and shit to the utmost degree but I was like a life sentence seems like a little much but then when you read the story it sounds like this this poor kid is like severely autistic and does nothing but threaten to go out and hack more and that's all they want to do and as soon as they get the chance it's like as soon as you want time me I'm going to kill you type sentences and so I, I think it's sad, and I do hope that, uh, I don't know their name, but I hope that they can get the help they need in this hospital and, and kind of get out and 
be a contributing member of society again, but like they sound, they sound pretty dangerous. And I understand that maybe you could argue that hacking isn't murdering, but like as our lives get more and more on the internet, that's pretty scary shit. So yeah, I don't, I, I honestly, I uh, like, I, it seems a little extreme to me, but the more I read about the more, the story, the more I'm like, it kind of, kind of makes sense. If, you, if it seems extreme to you, just read a little bit more about it. And then I don't know. Like, because I'm, I don't know. Life sentence makes me a little bit, that's, that's a big fucking, you're basically taking someone's life away. That's a big fucking sentence. But this this person sounds like they need some help. So I, I don't know. Ah, I was against it, and I'm slowly kind of turning around as I read about it. I, I haven't read much about it, but that's as far as I'll go. And finally, before we move on, it's letter time. It's letter time. Piss out my ass. And arguably one of the crappiest letter time letters ever. Uh, and you'll find out why in a second. It does answer some ask question that I really want to answer. So piss out my ass. Said, hey, Adam, how much emotional turmoil do you go through when deciding what comments to get read? Every week you got to be thinking, damn, another week? Another round of superb comments from piss out my ass. I, mean, I might need to start a sixth podcast to read all of his amazing comments. I've never thought that. But yes, honestly, it is the thing that stresses me out the most about the show. And there are a lot of weeks where I, I drag my feet on getting... Honestly, as I'm recording this right now, it's Tuesday, December 26th, in the middle of the afternoon. And I plan to have this done last week. But I just always... Or um, on the weekend, excuse me. But I genuinely get stressed out about picking comments. And so I was talking about this on Expansion Pass last week. But if you're a patron and you write in and you don't get read on the show, please understand there's like thousands of you and there's one of me and I can't read everything. Uh, I try to pick stuff that I can say something about, stuff that I can reply to. I will say just quickly and then we'll move. I get a lot of like, hey, Adam, have you ever played Insert Game X here for blowing in the cartridge? I rarely read those because I get multiples of them every week and I don't want to pick and choose and I don't want to just turn the, uh, that whole section into like, have I ever played this? Have I ever played this? So if you're a patron, feel free to DM me and I'll tell you if I've played it. But very rare will I read one of those in blowing into the cartridge because I'd rather read stuff that I can kind of expand on instead of just to like, yes, I have played it or no, I have. If that and there's a lot of those if that makes sense so yeah and yes piss out my ass i have considered starting a six podcast for you and i would call it pissing out the piss out my ass but i don't think it's going to happen i just can't handle a six show but thank you to everybody that wrote in we'll cover a few more of these on leftovers on the rambling idiot next week let's switch things up and get to our smash it segment the official game show of remember the game industries it is play one remake one erase one And a huge thank you to Classic Concentration from the NES for unknowingly providing us with the theme music for the show. The rules are simple. Every week I give our Patreons three retro video games. They can play one as it was released, remake one as a modern game, and the third is erased from time forever. As always, there are no wrong answers, but there is a right one. I'll tell you what it is in a second. And to wrap out the year, I really wanted to swing for the fences with this one. So because we're talking Portal 2, I went with three of the best sequels in gaming history. Halo 2, Arkham City, and Mass Effect 2. And this one was so close. The winner had 22% of the votes. And that was play Halo 2, remake Mass Effect 2, and erase Arkham City. But four other options were at like 20 to 17%. Like it was so close, which is a good round to play one, remake one, erase one. So let's see what a few of you had to say here, and then I'll tell you what the right answer was. Mr. Sparkle said, do what Mr. Sparkle says. Can you do any less? Play Halo 2, remake Bats, Mass Effect 2, meh. I like that you showed your work and played by the rules, and you're right. I can't not do what Mr. Sparkle says. But to man, listen, erasing Halo 2, Arkham City, or Mass Effect 2 sucks. But to show Mass Effect 2 a little bit of disrespect with a meh, I don't think I'm buying Mr. Sparkle dish soap anymore. 
that's too disrespectful for me. Kevin, I have no idea how to say your last name, Kevin. Kixoldwin. Kixoldwin? Kixoldwin? Kevin Kixoldwin. Seb, this feels like a personal attack. These games are so good and they're all right. I'll play Halo 2. That multiplayer was the peak of my childhood. So fun, not to mention the story. I'll remake Mass Effect 2. Talk about a fucking adventure. That game, I'll never forget my first time through it. And sadly, that means erasing Arkham City. I love Batman, always have, always will, but we still have Arkham Asylum, and that game is mwah, amazing. You know what? I uh, You're going to get to my answers in just a minute, but I, I totally agree with the... Listen, Arkham City is arguably better than Arkham Asylum, but I feel like if you have to, you, you could erase it and still play Asylum and be fine. I get that logic 100%. I get it. Flaws said, I can't remake Mass Effect 2 or Halo 2 because they've already been and I have access to both. So I'll play Mass Effect 2 because I haven't. I love the first game. I'll remake Arkham because I also haven't played it and I might like it modernized. And I'll erase Halo 2 because I have played it and that's just how it goes. And I'll quite often, that's sound logic. Quite often people ask me like, well, if the game's already been remade, why would I remake it? But when you choose to remake a game, you can do whatever you want. You can keep the remake that already exists. You can make a new remake. There's no rules except for the basic rules. There, there are no rules except for the rules. So follow the rules, and then there's no rules. Here at Play One, Remake One, Erase One. That guy is your mom. Said, I want to preface this by saying I didn't play these games until long after their releases. Play Halo 2. It's still great with the needed graphical update without a need for replacement. Remake Mass Effect 2. I played it last year in the remaster. It doesn't need a remake, but it's the one I would love to see. And then I'll erase Arkham City. First off, this is probably heretical, but I never cared much for superheroes. Second, the game looks fun, but out of these three, it has to go... Sorry, Batman. See, and that's fair, too. If you don't like superheroes in Arkham... I mean, fuck. If you don't like superheroes, I don't know. But, I mean, then Arkham City's the layup. I get that. I get it. David Dryden said, Play Arkham City. I've never played it. I heard it was okay. It was, it was better than okay. It was fucking awesome. Remake Mass Effect 2. I'd love to see what they could do to make it better. And then delete Halo 2. If the Xbox crutch that is Halo is gone, maybe they would have figured out how to make better exclusive games. That's not... Listen, I... Like, I think without Halo, Xbox doesn't exist right now. But I do like the uh, the idea of, like, without Halo, what would they have created in the last 15 years? I I, 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 I can get on board with that. I can get on board with that, David. Uh, I'm going with one of the runner-ups this week. 17% of you voted the way I did, as did Big the Cat's Big Barbed Cat Boinker, who said, I would play Mass Effect 2 because that game is literally perfect. I would remake Halo 2 and give it the Halo Infinite makeover and updated controls, which would also make fighting those damn jackal snipers more tolerable. And I would erase Batman because he's simply underwhelming and boring. I know people love the guy, but go to therapy. Dems the rules. Big shout out to Pee Wee Squitters for the Patreon membership. Love the show, Adam. Glad to finally be a hot dog. Shout out to Pee Wee Squitters. Uh, I don't disagree with all of your logic, but I do agree with your order. Big barbed cat boinker. I myself will play Mass Effect 2, frankly, just because I think it is my favorite of these three games. I love Halo 2, Arkham City, and Mass Effect 2, but if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with Mass Effect. Uh, I would remake Halo 2, and I actually do similar to what Big the Cat mentioned, and I would just include the Halo Infinite stuff, particularly that grappling hook. Mmm, that grappling hook. And I'm very reluctantly erasing Arkham City because I love that game. I think it's spectacular, but we do still have Arkham Asylum. Like, I can get by if I have to. Without Halo 2, the entire house of cards that is Halo collapses. And without Mass Effect 2, I might not be the man I am today. So, I hate to do it, but Arkham Asylum can fill the void if need be. I'm sorry. Anyway, thank you to everyone that wrote in to play along this week. As always, here's what's going to happen. We're going to pause here, let a sponsor come in, say something to make me a couple of pennies, and then uh, I'll tell you what I've been playing over the last week, and we'll get into Portal 2, all right? We'll be right back. 
If you're hearing this, you're probably a gamer. And for our kind, nothing is as precious and valuable as our save files. Have you ever experienced the loss of a save file? It's soul-crushing. Dozens, maybe hundreds of hours of work. Gone. Like that. But at the end of the day, it's a video game. It matters, but kinda, you know? That exact scenario, but with a work project, an essay for school, data for your business, that's no joke. That can be really serious. You need a safety net. And I got you, fam, with my partners over at CrashPlan. Visit CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. CrashPlan has been protecting people's data since 2001. And a couple years ago, they set out on their own with one mission, to provide the best damn cloud backup solution on the market. CrashPlan runs quietly in the background of your computer or Mac and every 15 minutes on the clock they create a new backup of every file that's changed in that time. So if something goes wrong, God forbid, you don't lose hours, lose days, lose weeks of work. Just log into your account and you can download your most recent backup from the secure cloud servers. And there's not just one backup. There's a laundry list of them. You can pick and choose which one you want. It's like the ultimate undo button. If if you work on a computer in any capacity, CrashPlan is a must-have. And if you're thinking, ah, that's for big businesses, I'm just Joe Schmo. CrashPlan protects Joe Schmo. They offer a ton of plans and tiers. So there's a crash plan for everyone from small one-person businesses like me to you fancy businesses in offices with staff and free donuts and all that stuff. Time is money. Why wouldn't you protect your work? Spreadsheets, diagrams, videos, art, podcasts. CrashPlan has you covered. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com RTG for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. All right, what have I been playing over the last week? Honestly, quite a bit because it's the holidays and I've had more time to play. I have been playing Batman Arkham Asylum. To get ready for an episode of the show for January, it is quite excellent. I've been playing it over on the old Twitch box. I'm playing Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and it's so funny. I don't know if any of you go through this. Like, I'm really enjoying it. It's a great game, but, like, I just never seem to want to play it. Every time I sit down to play it, I'll get, like, half an hour in, and I'm like, ah, I don't feel like playing this right now. It hasn't done anything wrong. I just, I just, I need that, like, I need to, I just, I need, I just, it's not, I need that craving. Like, I don't want to bench it because then I'd have to start from scratch, but I just, I need, I'm just going to put it aside for a couple of days instead of forcing myself to play it and see if maybe it comes calling to me and I'm like, oh yeah, because I really want to get into it. It's, it's not it, it's me. It's not, it's not Cal, it's me, but I have been playing some Jedi Survivor. I actually started Cyberpunk 2077 on my Steam Deck and I'm only a few hours in, but it's pretty cool. I'm going to play with that. That's going to be my time killing game for a while, I think. That's why I got it on the Steam Deck. And then, uh, because I know people have been asking me like crazy. I can't remember if I mentioned this last week. I don't think I did. I did finally try Boulder's Gate 3, uh, the demo. And I'm so, apologies if I mentioned it. I can't remember. And uh, I see the brilliance. I see why so many of you are into it. I get it. Um, way over my head. I'm so lost. I don't get it. So, uh, for people, because I get asked almost every week. There's at least one or two comments asking like, hey, have you played Boulder's Gate 3 yet? Tried it. I just, I don't, I don't see it. I it's it. I just, the, the deeper an RPG, the more scared of it I am. It's like, I, and it's, and it's a little, the first fight, and I've got like three wheels of options to choose for my attack, and I'm like, I, once I've got to manage a party of people, I don't see this happening. So I, tip of my cap to it, I think it deserves all the awards it's winning, 
Uh, I am not. I've never had a game make me feel that dumb that fast. I'm in over my head. So let's talk Portal 2. Speaking of games that make me feel dumb, let's talk Portal 2. That's why you're here. As always, I like to let you nerds sound off on the game we're covering before my guest and I hog the microphone. So let's rip through a few of your comments, which are basically all just praising Portal 2. Chris Pynchon said there's a reason this is the highest rated game on Steam. Portal was fantastic. Portal 2 was fantasticer. I don't, that's not a real word, but it should fucking be. And uh, I did not know that. It's the highest rated game on Steam. I didn't know that. Adam Blank still hasn't reviewed D's Nuts. Said, most definitely a week where I wish you got to do the multiplayer. The co-op on this game is 10 out of 10. A whole new set of puzzles, and they're all so good. I encourage you to do them, even though your review is done. It's super worth it. Also, when life gives you <laughs> also when life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take those lemons back. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What am I supposed to do with these? Demand to see life's manager. That makes sense. If you haven't played the game, it doesn't make sense yet. It will once you play the game as you should. And for the record, I didn't play the multiplayer, but I did watch a playthrough of most of it because I just didn't have anyone to play it with. And it also seems quite spectacular. We didn't do that a little bit on the episode this week. Uh, Terror of Rebirth said, this is a game that I that I was glad they waited so long to make the sequel for. If I feel like the story was really fleshed out a lot better than just a go to these crazy tests to get some cake. Also, that co-op. When this game first came out, I really wanted to play the single player, but a buddy of mine got it as well. We played the crap out of the co-op story. I still love the game to this day. Uh, well said. Everyone loves this game. Molecule said, love playing two-player back in the day with my brother while my wife watched us and cracked wise. And recently with the real Molecule. Peabody and Atlas all the way. My bro, my bro dubbed those gun turret things the laser brats. Good times. I love that like, it's fucking wild. They didn't have to be even put multiplayer in this game. And that they did and people love that too. Just says to like, I like quality. If you were to look up quality in the gaming dictionary, you'd find pictures of Portal and Portal 2. They're that good, I promise you. Morgan McDonald said, Taking a game as good and clever as Portal and injecting it with steroids seemed like an impossible task, but Portal 2 easily expands on every aspect of the first game. The puzzles are brilliant, the humor had me practically crying, and the depth they added to the story and to the facility itself is exactly why Valve is one of the GOAT developers. I agree with literally every word of that. Morgan, every fucking word, as you're about to hear, because it's time for Mark, <clears throat> pardon me, it's time for Mark McHugh and I to talk Portal 2. We're going to queue up some music, and when it stops, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're talking Portal 2, which originally released on the old computers on April 18th, 2011. Enjoy the podcast, everybody. Let's go. All right, joining me via the blank phone this week for the final episode of 2023, the third, uh, to talk Portal 2. I swore I'd get it in this year, and much like with Portal 1 last year, we snuck it in in the final days. We have about 72 hours left. It is pending, remember the game, Hall of Famer, Mark McHugh. Mark, <laughs> are we going to put that paperwork through anytime soon? I, I've submitted it. I, I'm sorry, I have submitted it, but... Uh, you don't listen, Mark. Mark, have, let me. Mark, have you ever owned an industries? It's not easy. All right, there's a lot of paperwork and ribbons, and we'll get there. Okay, it's a you're the one right? in charge. This is no, not. <laughs> Molly is in charge. And, and half of, and she, half what, of what's she doing right now? Is she taking a nap? 
She is literally sleeping on the floor right beside me. Well, wake her up, get her to push through through some. Oh paper. no! The last the last time I woke her up, she shit everywhere. So <laughs> my dog is in charge, and her toys make up our board of directors. So we'll get there. She's not anti Mark McHugh like me. She's just anti paperwork. So, <laughs> okay. um, but anyway, how are you, buddy? How's how's life? I'm doing really good. It's uh, I mean, at when this goes live, it'll be a few days after Christmas. But as of this moment, it's a few days before. I'm uh gonna be flying out to see some family in a few days i'm uh, really excited hell yeah it's funny because i'm like how are you when we literally recorded purple monkey dishwasher like i don't know what 18 hours ago like i feel like it occurs we, me, sp- that episode goes live after this one yes but we recorded so it before chronologically will be listening to us talking out of order this is it's almost like our podcast recordings are going through portals yeah, hasn't <laughs> oh, well, uh-huh. been bad. A good segue, but I'll give it to you. I'll it's take better it. than I'll... anyone I had. I'll take it. We are talking Portal Two now. It's funny because you were my guest last year for Portal One when we snuck that in at the last minute. I swore that we'd get to this one this year, and I didn't get around to playing it until over the last week or so. Um, first and foremost, I, I want to know. Okay, let's just let's start at the top. It's a pretty fucking brilliant game, yeah. It's a great game. Uh, it is pretty brilliant. It expands on the original one in so many great ways. Uh, they add some new characters that are just hysterical. Uh, some hysterical. fantastic performances. Some real, a lot of moments that I was, I'm surprised was able to let you, like, I'm surprised this game could run on PS3 hardware. Um, I said that about Portal 1. It goes double for Portal 2. Yeah, I, I was pretty shocked as well. I actually played this on the Switch in the new Portal collection, but knowing that it was a PS3 and Xbox 360 game, I'm like, this, the both, the, by some chance, motherfuck, if you're listening to this and you've never played a Portal game, go back and listen to Portal 1, which will be, I don't know, this is 279, so about 50, somewhere in the 220s. Go back and listen to that, then listen to this, or just don't listen to either one. Go play the two games because they're both, brilliant then come back and listen to these and thank us later but i was i was shocked at just because let's be honest like it's not like the graphics are you know out of this world and the levels aren't all that big but it's that portal mechanic and just how insanely seamless it is it like doesn't break everything like the game doesn't break ever um i remember when i played it on the ps3 it froze once that but that's garbage. Yeah. Two out of 10. Done. Yeah. <laughs> it broke but once it's... in the entire time I've played it on the PS3. Um, I played it this time on the Switch and seamless, no problems, no yeah. notes. Super smooth. Did you, have you, because you have a PS5, have you played Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on the PS5? No, I played the one before that. I okay. don't know what it was called, but I haven't played Ratchet and Clank yet. I'm waiting for a deal on that one. It seems like a bit of a short game and I didn't want to pay like a full like, full price for it fair enough it it is it's a great game um but the what i was going to say is that like it was one of the first games to really make use of the ssd in the ps5 because you can open these rifts hence rift apart and it's like traveling through these portals to different parts of the levels and it is just it is like it is smooth as ice like it's so silky smooth and i was so blown away by it and now i'm sitting here playing portal 2 and the original portal and i'm like these games are like a decade plus old and they're just as smooth on on vastly inferior hardware like it's pretty like we're gonna get into the the nitty-gritty of like the cleverness of the puzzles and the humor and all that but i just i i cannot 
I cannot blow enough smoke up the ass of everyone involved with creating the 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 basic engine of these games because the opening and closing of these portals I'm 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 gen- genuinely in awe of how smooth it is. And it, uh and and like you mentioned unbelievable. It's, and it's not just how smooth it is going in and out of these portals but like I don't know about you I dude so if you've never played these games, basically it's like they're puzzle games and you have to go through levels and reach the end of the level. And you do it by opening two portals. You have like a gun that can shoot a blue portal somewhere and an orange portal somewhere. And you'll snap through one and come out in the other one. And you can't put them on everything. There's only certain uh, like walls and floors and ceilings and stuff that you can put them on. But there's, there's quite a bit of it. And I have to just say, not only am I impressed at how smooth the portals are, but I'm shocked that they you can't if you can break these, I don't know how you would think in a game where you can just slap portals anywhere and step through them. Players would like, it'd be Skyrim. Players are just getting stuck everywhere. It just seems like it's, yeah, it's, 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 you're not, and you're not just stepping through portals too. There's a lot of times where, you know, you have to use this propulsion gel to like go through one portal and it'll shoot you out another one. And then you'll have to like shoot another portal and like shoot another portal to like, propel you across another part of the room. It's really, really, really smooth and seamless stuff. And there are times, and if you look in portals in certain angles, you can see yourself, like your player character. And it's, it's it's a trip, man. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know how this works. I don't know how it didn't break the game. Um, but basically the whole mechanic is just folding the game in on itself. It's yeah. unbelievable. It's incredible. Yeah. Like we're, we're, listen, we're going to get into praising the, the, the puzzles and the, the humor and all that kind of stuff. But I just, I, I, I cannot pay enough respect to the just sheer amount of polish. There's my voice crack polish that this game has. It is just even dude, even if it wasn't funny, even if it had no story, if it was literally just a, a faceless person trying to solve puzzles, I'd probably give it an eight or nine out of ten because yeah. the, the the engine it is so still good. It'll be a fun game. Then you add in all the other stuff, and it's motherfuck, dude. Valve, listen, I get why Valve doesn't really make games anymore because you know they have Steam, and Steam is a fucking license to print money. I get it, but. The portal games, the Half Life games, everything Valve touches just turns to it's just I I'm a biased Nintendo homer, but like I put them up there with Nintendo as like some of the best game makers ever, all time. So and good. Part of me is part of me really wants a Portal Three, but every part of me wants a Portal big, Three. There's a big part of me that wants a Portal Three. But there's also a part of me that just kind of respects how this story ended, and then they just left it alone. Yeah, it, I I do like the ending of this. I googled it this morning, and y'all know if you listen to the show very often, I don't do a lot of homework. I you can call it lazy. I just I don't want the show to be like a history lesson where I'm like, well, the developers actually got together back in 1999, and came, like I, I don't like that. I just want to talk about the game and how fun it is. But I did Google like, where the fuck is Portal Three? And what I read, I read an interview that said uh, that they, they would do it if the developers at Valve wanted to, but they just don't really have a lot of... They're like, we're good. It's fine. It's done. 
And I can I can respect that that they're not going to force them because, dude. Imagine like E three is dead, but assuming E three wasn't dead, imagine if at E three this year that was one of the like last the big things, award. and they were like, or where or the summer game, uh, summer games yeah. festival thing that it they would, tried to do. That would that like the only like I mean Half Life three, admittedly, would probably be bigger. But if they announced Portal three, it would be like wow. But they're like, nah, you know what? A, we don't need the money because we have Steam, and B, our developers don't want to do it, and we're not going to make them. But I uh, just imagine the trailer for Portal Three. You, oh, you would oh. need so little information to convey what's happening. Can you? Uh, oh my you god! Just, like maybe have like, you'd maybe just hear like the Glados voice come over and like, oh, it's you again. Yeah, and then you just see like I don't know, like a like a an orange portal open in the screen and then it just has the number three and yeah. just that's all you would need. That's, that's the trailer that I would pitch. And that's all the information you would need to convey that there was a portal three and people would lose their fucking minds. lose their minds. I know that portal two doesn't really reference it, but they could literally, they could literally just have a black screen for like five seconds and then just have that. I don't know if it's pronounced GLaDOS or GLaDOS. Cause I, cause it's like, DOS like DOS, but it looks like GLaDOS. I really don't know how you say it. it doesn't I, I, matter. I call her GLaDOS. Yeah, I'm going GLaDOS as well. So like you could have that voice come on and just be like, um, like, do you want some cake? And then just have like a three fall out of a portal and then end. And it that yeah. is all you'd need. And everyone would just, oh my. And it's, I I want it so fucking bad. And I get why they won't do it, but I'm like, I, I care about that more than I mean, it depends on what Nintendo's bringing or Sony's bringing. My guess is that would be the announcement I cared most about about the night. Me too. Yeah, absolutely. These I listen. We're gonna get into the game and stuff now that we've spent literally the last ten minutes just sucking portal dick. But if you've never played these games, I and like and I love puzzle games. If you're a puzzle game fan, I these are literally must plays. I'll sit right here and say these are the two best puzzle games I've ever played in my life. Easy. Yeah. Easy. And um, one. Well, are you sure though? So well together. Would you put these ahead of Mario's Missing? Uh, I ooh, I, soundtrack might be better for Mario. I hate you so fucking much. <laughs> you just delayed that paperwork two more weeks. You fucking. Ass. <laughs> you just delayed it two more weeks. So, all right, let's. Uh, so if you've never played Portal, I mean, go back and listen to the episode if you haven't for Portal One. Portal Two is a direct sequel. It picks up after Portal One. And uh, it basically it stars this ten thousand years after Portal One, right? But it it's following but the it's events. The same character, yeah, yeah. So you control this uh, this female. Uh, what's Chell? I think is her name. They oh, never yeah. really. She's got no real backstory. They're not really, you know, talking Fun about for, it. Although there's a little bit of backstory in here, and if you blink, you'll miss it. Yeah, but like it yeah, explains, I, it explains very very casually how she got there. Yeah, I should I should backtrack on that. I don't mean to say that she has no backstory. I just mean that like But she has no lines. She's like she's basically right. just a player character. Right. You're not going to get to know her or anything like basically. So in the first game, she's in this like fucking lab center thing solving puzzles and you play through the whole game with this computer voice, this digitized computer voice of GLaDOS, the the, the main 
antagonist basically like coming along with you and talking to you as you and like it, the, the humor is really funny and kind of dry and and it's awesome and then at the end of portal one you defeat her and and she's like and she's she's defeated so in this one it picks up and you partner with this new robot wheatley uh who i have to say as much as even merchant who voice, i think is extremely funny Yes, I will say that like I I adore Glados. I actually thought Wheatley was funnier. Wheatley is fucking funny. Yeah, he's yeah. he's got like that. I actually was reading about it. I didn't realize it, but that Stephen Merchant was like one of the guys that helped create the original yeah, Office. In it, yeah, he created the Office with uh with uh, uh Gervais, Gervais. Ricky. Yeah, and like and, also shows like uh uh, uh life's too, life is short and extras and. Uh, and he's also like a really good stand-up comic in his own right. Uh, very, very funny dude. Yeah, and he and, and you can and and you can see that like office humor in his like right away he pops up and he's like, oh, oh, hey, 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 hello, how how are you? Like, hey, how's it going? And he's like trying to talk you through this place. And he's hey, Apple. He's, I just need you to say Apple. And then a, it says on the screen, press A to say Apple. And you press A and you just jump. And he's like. All right, that's jumping. That's yeah. uh, what they're doing is jumping, but uh... <laughs> and he's just so like clueless and innocent, and he's kind of scared, and he just wants you to help him get out of there. And then, pretty shortly after that, Glados reappears, and uh, and now basically he's like fighting with her, but like he's not really fighting with like she's like the big mean badass supercomputer, and he's just like, oh my god, like don't hurt us, you know? Like he's like, let's run, get out of here, let's go. And you're trying to solve her puzzles. And while you're trying to solve her puzzles, she's chirping you and being like, yeah, I haven't forgot when you killed me. And that kind of like, and, and it's, it's just the, just the interaction between this silent protagonist and these two computers chirping each other in the background makes it worth like, even if you don't like puzzles, I think it's worth at least a watch through because it's genuinely funny. Just listening to them beak each other. One of my favorite lines in this game, um, so at the beginning, you've been like sleeping in this like containment chamber for, I think it's about 10,000 years. Um, they don't give you really an exact number, but like Wheatley, like it says like you have been asleep for nine, 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 nine. Like you can tell it's been a very, very long time. And Wheatley has this line about like, um, you know, there's going to be some brain damage for people who are in here a few months. You've been in here quite a bit longer. Um, so later GLaDOS has this line where she goes, uh, you know, I'm quite impressed. Pe- most people in the containment chambers manage to lose, actually end up losing quite a, quite a lot of weight. You have beaten the odds and have actually managed to pack on a couple yeah. of times. <laughs> and it's funny because when you do get a glimpse of your character, like she's, she's like in phenomenal shape. Like she's, she's, she's like, just like, looks like a track run. Like she's in great shape, but yeah, because this GLaDOS robot is so mad at you. She knows like, she just keeps calling you fat basically. And like, keeps taking digs at you and stuff. Fuck. It's funny. Oh my God. So like, I won't lie to you, dude, for the first half of the game, I'm playing through it and it's going much faster than the first portal did, but it's because I'm like, well, I don't remember how to do this. Like there, there were like some of the earliest puzzles in portal one, could have been as simple as like you you put a you put a portal up on this ledge and then you put another portal down here and then you jump down into the portal you made on the floor and it'll spit you out on the one up on the ledge and like when you're first learning the basics of the game and you play portal one you might get stuck in a couple of those basic easy puzzles while you're figuring out the portal system and stuff when this one picks up the first half of the game is basically more of the same 
Like there's the companion cubes, there's the turrets that shoot lasers at you, and you're kind of just flying through it and crushing puzzles pretty quickly. But then as the game goes on, they start adding in new mechanics and stuff. And dude, some of these puzzles by the end of this game get pretty complex. And weird. Like, and just you'll just be stuck in a room going, I I, I don't know. I have no I, idea. I, uh, there's I, one room, there's just one single, like there's just paint dripping from the ceiling. That's all you get. Yeah, yeah. And then you I, find uh, out like, okay, well, if like I paint this wall, I'll be able to paint a put a portal here. Yeah, there. I I'm ashamed to admit it, but there was one puzzle, uh, the very last puzzle, I had to look it up. And as soon as I looked it up, I was like, mother fuck, because that's the brilliance of these the brilliance of these portal games. For the most part, especially in the more complex levels, there's only one real way to solve it. And as soon as you figure it out, you're like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake! Like it never fails. You're like, how the fuck did I not think of that earlier? Yeah, you know, like I'm a, I'm a huge fan of games like Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild, where just Every puzzle has a thousand different answers, but yeah. I respect the fuck out of a game that's like, no, 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 this is the answer. Yeah, if you and can't it's... find it, you're on, you're, you're out of luck. And There's like, if no you're... way to seize this. No, and if you if you've never played them and you decide to, uh, if you ever do get stuck in a puzzle, look around the room because they don't. Uh, they're very efficient. The developers of this game, they don't waste. They don't put a lot of stuff in levels that you don't need. So if, if you're like, if you're stuck and there's a wall up there, you can put a portal on and you're like, well, why would I put a portal up there? There's almost certainly a reason why you would put a portal up there. Exactly. You just need exactly. to figure out what it is. Um, getting back to the, getting back to the characters. So like the first half of the game, basically it's you and Wheatley trying to escape this lab or whatever the, the center, whatever the fuck it's called. While GLaDOS is chirping you and being like out for revenge because you killed her and all this kind of stuff. But then about it's spoilers we're gonna spoil it it's, it's it's we're spoiling i'm just putting it out there now we're spoiling so this is your chance uh it's if you want to you want to stop you know what actually mark because someone once said to me uh they listen to it on like a radio they can't reach and so if you say spoilers and give them three seconds they can't get to it in time let's pause right here and we'll let the sponsors do their thing that's your okay, chance perfect. to quit if you don't want spoilers because when we get back we're basically going to pick up in the second half of the game where everything goes off the rails and we're going to spoil everything so this is your warning. Spoilers when we come back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Podcasting is a weird job because I talk to you nerds all the time. Every day, I tell you all about my life, the good and the bad. The ugly, I kind of keep that offline. And it's not that I don't want to talk about it. I'd love to talk about it. I just need to pick and choose who I talk to. We all have stuff that just lives in our minds, rent-free, 24-7. Talking about them can really help because the longer you keep something bottled up, the more likely it is to blow. You've heard me say it before and you're going to keep hearing me say it. Therapy is the way. Therapists can be that ear to bend when you really need to get something off your chest and don't know who to talk to. And better help is a great way to go about it. I don't BS you guys. I don't say I've used something if I've never used it. I've personally talked to a BetterHelp therapist about the stuff going on in my personal life, and I genuinely found it helpful. To have someone to talk to that doesn't have any skin in the game, that can just listen and try to help me come up with a roadmap to get through the tough times... It's just invaluable. It has seriously really helped me. I've talked to my therapist through video and you can do it that way or you can do it over the phone or even just over chat and they give you as many schedule options as possible so you can work a session in around your life. It's licensed therapy as convenient as it gets. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash remember the game today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com 
slash remember the game. All right, they had their chance. If they if we I spoil stuff believe, now, I, I don't want any fucking. Rados was Chell's father. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, Mister. Ruin the game for me. Uh, <laughs> um, so I don't know exactly when, but it's it's basically like oh. Well, we'll get to that later. Basically, about halfway through the game, uh, you come across a chance where basically you can plug Wheatley, the, the 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 British guy robot that's been helping you, into the computer to take over the computer from Glados, and 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 I love that when you're gonna do it, he's like, uh, "It's it's gonna hurt." Uh, well, maybe it won't hurt. I don't know if it's gonna hurt that bad. And they put him in. He's like, "Oh, it hurts." And you're like, "Oh man, I'm sorry, dude." But he takes over the lab, and then he puts Glados into like a potato. With, with like a chip in it or something, which yeah. I actually found fucking hilarious. A potato in a potato battery. Yeah, and yeah, that's right. Thank you. And that's basically what she gets reduced to is being a potato. But then this power just goes to his mind, like goes right to his head, and Wheatley turns evil, and like instantly. Uh, instantly, like it doesn't even take time, like instantly. And then like like the whole lab like collapses in on itself, and then for a lot of the second half of the. I would say like the first half of the game is you and Wheatley trying to beat GLaDOS. And then I would say that third quarter of the game is you kind of just like traveling through this, like the, the remains of the lab, like this ruined lab. And And we have JK Simmons. And what a fantastic performance is this character um, as cave Johnson, the founder CEO of Aperture Science. Yeah, just giving little voiceovers to tell you what this, what like this test is about, what this room is about. <laughs> but, <laughs> but just like the things he says are just so outrageous and so offensive and mean. <laughs> oh, they're so funny though. Like he, so like I, I was, I didn't want to look it up while I was playing, but I'm like, that's got to be J.K. Simmons. Like that. Like as soon as I hear that voice, I'm like J. Jonah Jameson, and I'm like, it's gotta. Which, yeah. by the way, still the greatest casting in the history of movies. And he's just J.K. And he's just J. Jonah Jameson in this. Yeah. He, dude, that one part where he rants about the lemons for like three minutes and about how when you're given lemons, you, you know, like, and, and like, and I don't remember how I went. Say, I don't want these lemons. Yeah, Do you know who I am? <laughs> It's so funny. And that, like, to me, that's one of the things I love about this game is even when you are stuck in a puzzle and you're trying to figure it out, the whole time, like, either GLaDOS is beaking you or Wheatley is beaking you or you're listening to J.K. Simmons fucking just rambling on the radio over your head. And it's, 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 it's that they found this much humor to mix in with these brilliant puzzles is what makes it, it's peanut butter and chocolate. Like, it's so good together. Yeah. There's, me, there's, one, there's one point where you get to a, a room and you hear just the J.K. Simmons voice come on and he goes, um, if you're here for the praying mantis DNA experiment, uh, the bad news is that's been canceled. Uh, the good news is there is a new experiment for you to participate in. Fight the army of praying mantis men. <laughs> 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 I like the, <laughs> I like the one where he's like we'll uh, we'll give everybody $60 that participates in our study or whatever the fuck. And then later on he's like if you want to make an additional $60, let us open you up and put some stuff inside and then we'll put you back together practically as good as new. And it's it's <laughs> just, <laughs> and you're like what is this fucking place? 
I think um, like, if you're asking, is this ethical? Is this good? I'll answer that question with another question. Who wants to make fifty dollars? Yeah. <laughs> sure, so you lose you. Sure, you may die a little bit earlier because of the exposure to asbestos, but you will uh, you will advance science hundreds and hundreds of years. And if yeah. I punch that number into my calculator, it comes out as a happy face. Yeah, <laughs> that's such a good line. <laughs> so it's like you're, you're you're solving these puzzles while all this shit's going around, going on around you, and and it's pretty it's pretty funny to listen to. Um, I I will literally I think the only quote unquote criticism I have of this game is I I will say that that third quarter of it where you're in the kind of the you you're not really getting too much use out of the goo and stuff yet but you're trying to like climb up the like you're basically like the very bottom of this completely just collapsed in upon itself factory and you're just looking for anywhere up above where you can stick a portal to start climbing up and it's it's for so much of like basically all of portal one and the first half of portal two you're in these like secluded little rooms and basically the only objective is to get to the exit from that room and move on to the next exit and then it goes to this little phase where you're not so much in these little rooms you're almost like it's almost it gives you the impression that it's a bit of an open world almost and it's not but you need to figure out how to climb your way up out of this factory giant giant rooms and it does yeah you're right in that it does turn into a game of find the one white wall a little bit yeah and i and i will say that like i i didn't hate those sections but between all of portal one and all of portal two that was my least favorite part of the game it was because I, I enjoy that part of the game, but mostly because of the J.K. Simmons uh, Simmons Agreed. like voiceover. Agreed. Uh, you those puzzles are not nearly as fun as the bulk of the game. No, I I didn't like considering how brilliant some of these puzzles in these little secluded rooms and these little areas are. That part just kind of felt like it was less about solving puzzles and more of just looking around and trying to find somewhere that I can slap up. Like there are puzzles in there for sure, but it's a lot of just trial and error and trying to find a wall. You could slap a portal on. And I, again, not, not, I, I this game is going to get a magnificent score from me, but like better than 90% of the other games I've played, but compared to the rest of portal, it was like the slice of pizza with the fewest toppings on it. Yeah. It just wasn't quite as fun. That is the best way to put it. It's the one part of the game that felt undercooked. Yeah, um, just a little, just a little. But then um, after that, you get back to the puzzle solving again. Yeah, and then for that, and because I will say too, dude, like a lot of people say that they think Portal Two is better than Portal One, and as I'm playing through Portal Two, I'm thinking to myself, like the the, the humor maybe is better. But I'm like, it is just more of this. Like, there's only so many puzzles you can come up with using these two portals. There's but more. Then, yeah, Portal One. Portal One is perfect because it was like two hours long. This yeah. game is almost perfect, but it drags a little bit because it's six or seven hours long. It. I didn't even mind the length. I just. It did start to lose me a bit when I was like, "Fuck!" I hope the whole second half of the game isn't just trying to climb this tower. But then once it introduces, like, it starts to introduce new mechanics because again, in the past. For Portal 1 and for the first half of Portal 2, basically all you have are your two portals you can open and then those companion cubes that you can pick up and use as items and stuff like that. But then in the second half of this game, they introduced the three different kinds of goo and then those like um, 
don't know what you'd call them, like teleporting beams that you stand in. And I went from thinking like, I don't know if I'm a big fan of this introduction of the goo to being like, dude, this is like a whole nother layer of portal. I thought it was actually surprisingly clever the way they they make use of those goos in some of those puzzles. They added some new mechanics to it, which is what absolutely needed to have to happen. And maybe it's why we've never gotten to portal three, because what, what do you add? What else? I don't do you know. Do? Yeah. I don't know what else you add. So, um, so you haven't played it. It introduces these three new, these three kinds of like paint or goo or whatever the fuck. And there's a, there's a blue one that wherever it lands, it turns it into like a trampoline and you can bounce off it. There's an orange one that is like covering the floor in grease and you slide really fast on it. And there's a, I think the coolest one is that like gray paint and wherever it lands, it turns a surface where you couldn't put a portal into a surface where you can put a portal. There's that one really cool room where you just have just like a bunch of white paint coming out of a tap and you just have to cover the whole room in white paint. Yeah. And, and that's, I thought that was like just introducing those three different kinds of paint was a cool idea. But then the fact that it interacts with the portals, because you find these busted open pipes that are shooting up like blobs of this goo and maybe you need the blue goo over there, but the blue goo is over here and it won't go that far. You need to open a portal somewhere over here. So the blue goo will go through the portal and then come out on the other side and splatter on the floor so you can use it. And then once you start mixing and matching the three different paints i thought that was i went from like not getting bored but being like well so the first half was more of the same now i'm climbing this building i'm like it's it's funny but i'm like eh. i thought that the final 25 percent of this game maybe was the best puzzles in either game yeah because yeah, they didn't because do so much more combined all of these mechanics that they've introduced over two games yeah. and i gotta say that one and two work so well together. It really feels like Portal. Like it, Portal One feels like an intro to this game. Yeah, I I agree with that. I agree. Um, it like I think this game. Like, listen, this game's got tutorial levels, and that's another thing that I think the Portal games do brilliantly is every time they introduce a new mechanic, and it might not even be the goo or or the the turrets or whatever. It might be a simple idea of like. Oh, if you if you open a blue portal on the floor and walk through, you'll walk out of the orange portal. But if you open a blue portal on the floor and jump down to it from like way up high, you'll come flying out of that orange portal. Like the way it introduces new mechanics to the same old formula, I, I they do a phenomenal job of like easing you into these new mechanics. You're not just thrown into the deep end. And, uh, and I thought that was incredibly well done, but to get back to your point, I, I think that they, they were assuming there are, there are tutorial levels, but they're assuming if you're playing this one, you've already played portal one and not just from a storyline standpoint, but from a standpoint of like, we're assuming, you know, how these portals work. Like they don't spend as much time teaching you about that and the companion cubes and stuff. I know they, they do, and I I have to wonder how well this game works if you haven't played Portal 1. Um, I'd be curious about that as well. And not just because you'd be lost by the story either. Yeah, well, the story kind of does explain it. It kind of does explain that, like, oh, okay, you can tell that this character killed this giant robot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it it's... Like, like they're very much assuming that you've you've played part one. Because I I gotta say I don't I don't think the tutorials really pick up all that much until the second half when they start to introduce the paint and stuff. 
Um, and then they kind of have to start over from scratch. I will say, buddy, I text you about it. There was one, there's this one level where you, you uh, how do I explain it? You have to like, you have to like make this really long runway of the orange greasy slime yeah. Yeah. that goes up a ramp. And then you have to run across the whole thing and shoot yourself up off the ramp and get into this like tunnel of, of, cause that's the okay. other new thing it introduces are these like, and how would you call it? Like a, like a beam, a tractor beam, I guess. Tractor beam. Yeah. And, and so like the tractor beam will be coming out of the floor, stopping on the ceiling. So you'll put a portal on the ceiling and then put a portal somewhere else. Now that tractor beams coming out of that other portal and you can use it to like go across big open holes and stuff like that. And there's this one puzzle where you need to make this long line of orange slime launch off of a ramp, land in the tractor beam that you've placed there and it'll carry you to the door. And it wasn't like I solved the puzzle but I just for the light, I don't know if it's because I was playing it on the switch. Maybe it was easier to play on PC with a keyboard. I don't know, but like motherfuck, if I could get myself to launch smoothly off that ramp, fuck. <laughs> and it wasn't the game's fault. I just kept missing the fucking jump. Like, and that's the thing about this game is when you fuck up, it's, it's never, it's very rarely unfair. It's always, Oh man, I fucked that up, but okay. I see what I have. Totally. I have to yeah. do. Agreed. And it uh, it's pretty generous with the save. Like, it doesn't start you over at the very beginning of the room again. Most of the time, it's got checkpoints throughout the room. Every time you solve a step, a step. Checkpoints. Yeah, absolutely. It's really kind with that. It's infinite lives. And uh, and like you said, it, it's, it never really... Fe- like, It usually it's your fault. Like, it's not like the game fucked you. And I don't... I'm not going to say it's impossible, but like, in all the time I spent with both these games, I never once, like, softlocked myself. Like where I had oh, to start I over because I accidentally well. started. Help but think they must have tested this so hard that you can't oh. soft lock yourself. Like now, some, yeah, I'm sure there's a way. I'm sure there's a way to soft lock yourself, and somebody will tell me. But I, I couldn't see it. No, there are some brilliant people that worked on this fucking game. Brilliant. And there are some times when I'm like, oh man, it would be so easy to soft lock yourself in this room if you did this wrong. And then you see, like, oh no, but if you did that, you can do this here. Yeah. Um, yeah, agreed. There's always a way out of whatever situation you are in to reset and, the room. And another thing I love about this game is that it's very, uh, like, the whole focus is just on the puzzles. There aren't collectibles. There's not side quests. You don't have to, like, pick up resources. There's no stat upgrades. It's you just, just you. play the game. Yeah, and I love that. I, I love that I don't have to go around looking for, like, little fucking now that like tokens said, to pick up and shit like there that. are small bits of story that you can find if right. you look around the right corner you'll see maybe see a wall with uh you know somebody's written something you can tell this is another person that was put through these same tests that have been tormented but the most interesting thing i think you can find in this game is it does explain what shell is doing there um, because it's mentioned that this whole thing happened at the bring your daughter to work day. That's the day that GLaDOS took control of the, uh, the whole facility. And you right. walk by these take your daughter to work day, uh, 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 like little displays and they're all potato batteries and you get to the last one and there's a bunch of shit growing out of this potato. And you can, if you look really close, you can see Chell made this project. Right. And, and 
it doesn't beat you over the head with like get it this is what happened it's just no you can find it you can find it if you want if you're looking um if not this game still works just fine absolutely because getting back to the story we had talked about so uh, at this point in the game, you're you're reunited with the with the enemy from the game one that you defeated, Glados. Well, Wheatley is taking over the plant and trying to kill you both. And I love that as the game goes on, Glados is getting madder and madder at Wheatley, and she's like, "I'm gonna kill him." And then she's like, "I'm gonna torture him." Then I'm gonna kill him. And she's just getting madder and madder. And she even says to you at one point, like, "The enemy of your enemy is your friend. We need to work together for this." But I really enjoyed the part where you start to find out that Cave Johnson, the, the founder, J.K. Simmons, was dying and that he wanted his assistant, Caroline, to take over. And then he was like, worst case, if we have to, put the mind of Caroline into this supercomputer, which is GLaDOS. So GLaDOS realizes she is Cave Johnson's ex-assistant that he kind of forced to take over the, the factories. And I, like, you took this character that, frankly, in the first game, I just thought was like a, just comic relief, basically. Yeah, just and, a funny computer. Yeah, and really gave her a little bit of a backstory. Wasn't overwhelming. And I love that there's no cutscenes. You don't have to watch. It's It'll just tell you the story while you're... It's like picking up an audio log and you're listening to the story unfold while you're trying to solve the puzzles or walking to the next puzzle. I, I really... I love how smooth well, that was. So seldomly that a game will tell you a story this well. Absolutely, yeah. And like, uh, usually there will be a big long cut. Like any, if, it, if this were a game that were made today by another developer, you'd get to a point where there'd be a long cut scene that showed everything that happened. Whereas this, this game is like, no, no, no. We'll let you piece it out for yourself. Yeah. Like just have a listen. It's like putting a podcast on in the background while you're just solving these puzzles. Yeah. It's really and, nice. Because this game is very much, you can tell the design philosophy of this game is nothing stops the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, we are not making you st- you. This is about you solving these puzzles, and nothing yeah. is getting in the way of that. Yeah, absolutely. So then they, so they take Glados and they they turn her from like I'm back from the dead and I'm pissed off at you to. Uh, you fucked up by giving Wheatley control of the plant and he's ruining everything. And she's like, and I want it back to so being like, we should work together, even though we don't really like each other because now you, you almost feel bad for her. Cause you realize that she's this Caroline and you're like, well, now we need to, to take out this, this Wheatley character. And you find out the whole story of where this factory came from and everything like that. And then Wheatley starts popping up again, chirping you and being like, uh, well, like, you know, I'm in charge now and I love having all this power and you're not going to kill me. Right. And all that kind of stuff. And then at the very end of the game, at the, I, I have to say, I, I hate boss fights, but I love the fight against GLaDOS at the end of game one. I loved the fight against Wheatley at the end of game, this game. As yeah. Well. Yeah. Because it was the same room. It's the same mechanism and it's a completely different fight. Yeah. And because now this time, instead of you fighting GLaDOS like you did last time, now it's you and GLaDOS teaming up to fight Wheatley. And she's like, if you can just get him distracted and stun him momentarily, I'll feed you these like other like failed cores or whatever the fuck they're called that you can like attach to him. Yeah. Yeah. Personality cores that you can like attach to him to like, you know, basically to fuck him up. And the whole time she's and I love that for the second half of the game, she's literally that potato battery just on your gun right in front of you. The whole time, like she went from this super computer that's so powerful to just this stupid potato on this gun, like that she's so mad. Um, and then I love that at the very end, when you do fight Wheatley, uh, when you when you do end up defeating him, 
uh, you see that you see like the the ceiling of the factory opens up the roof and you see the moon off in the distance and you shoot a portal up to the moon Which, and then there's a portal on the floor and everyone's getting like, first time I played this game wasn't expecting that what a way to end this game oh sick that like everything is getting sucked into that portal and so you Chell the the main protagonist gets sucked into the portal and you're up in the on the moon but you grab Wheatley's core on your way up so then he he's at first he's like uh. You know, he's like, let go of me because he's he's still attached to the 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 main hub of the computer in the factory. He's like, let go of me, let go of me. But then eventually he gets loose, and then uh, Glados has taken over the factory again as the supercomputer. And I love that, even though it was a little bit predictable, I love that she reaches up and catches you. And yeah. so uh, Wheatley gets sent off into space. He's like, no. <laughs> but <laughs> but you get pulled but it showed some character growth on GLaDOS's part and I thought that was really interesting considering how this character started it was just a narrator like yeah. just making fun of you in these puzzle rooms yeah cuz like you 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 like she works with you in the first game and then at the end you realize she's bad and you kill her or defeat her whatever the fuck and then she's out for revenge in this one then she gets turned into a potato then she reluctantly forms this temporary alliance with you and then she has a chance for revenge if she just lets go of you there you're done you float off into space and it's over but she pulls you back in and basically buries the hatchet and lets you leave well and it's interesting even the way she lets you leave she goes I try I don't I try not to do things that are hard and killing you is hard so it'd be just so much easier to let you go. But yeah. She wants to let Chell go because yeah. they have formed this friendship now but she still needs to save face like hey look I oh I'd love to kill you really would but uh, it's very difficult and it'd just be easier if you weren't around. Yeah, I loved it. So then at the very end of the game uh Chell the main protagonist like gets out of the factory you like end up walking out of this like old decrepit metal shed in the middle of a field and you're back out in the real world and it spits out a companion cube and then that's the end of the game yeah i love that it spits out the companion cube at the end i I quite enjoyed that and then and then like i i respect the effort like i've said it before the dude the the song they play at the end of portal one while the credits are rolling maybe the best credit song in the history of gaming yeah and, and it, the second one, this one wasn't as good, but no, they tried, they tried, but it was still like, it was still a neat little song. It's a good song. It's just that first one is so you can't top that one spectacular. They tried. And then I love that at the post credit, you just get to see Wheatley out in space and he's upset he's about like, what I'm happened. Gen- yeah, he's like, I'm genuinely sorry. And not just because I'm floating around in space forever. Yeah. And so like, they could have done a third one, but. It is what it is. I, I, I mean, I'm sure we missed some stuff. I'm sure people are gonna be like, "Oh, you forgot about the scene where the the potato battery falls through the glass or whatever the fuck." But yeah. by and large, I uh, the humor was spot on. The puzzles were spot on. My only criticism was I I didn't love those scenes where you have to climb up the decrepit factory. Yeah, I didn't hate them. Then, like, and it goes against the and it goes against the philosophy of this game. But even then, the bat like the story that they were telling you during was funny enough that I wasn't too mad about the like, a little bit of lackluster puzzle uh, puzzle solving there. Yeah, me too. And um, there are some there are some genuine I think to me the most brilliant puzzle in the game is the one where you're in like a factory you're in part of the factory and there's three tubes they're spitting out the blue 
orange and, and I white. I think we're thinking of the same one. Ink. And it, it, it is like a 12-step puzzle to figure out how to jump across this gap. And then there's another gap where there's just another thing spitting out white ink into the floor. And you need to figure out how to use that to get a... Do you know which one I'm talking about? You have to turn that one platform upside down, but you have yes. to first cover it in uh, in paint. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that was the best puzzle in the game. I thought that was that's a very strong puzzle. One of my yeah. favorite scenes in this game is that there's one part where GLaDOS calls Wheatley an idiot. And he gets so offended by that. So when you go into the next room, classical music is playing. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, and you hear like pages turning and he's just like, oh, no, never mind me. I'm just reading books, you know, like I do. I wish that I read all of them. I've read every book and I understand them all perfectly. Have you? I bet not. Yeah. She, <laughs> I like the back and forth between those two is great. I like near the end when she's like, uh, she, oh, fuck, what is, uh, what's it called where she wants to, she's like, this sentence is true. Um, false. Ah, uh, but what's it, what's that fucking called? It's a paradox. But Thank he you, was paradox. Stupid to understand why the paradox should have upset. Yeah, him. she's like, ah, she's like, no bot can resist a paradox. And then she's like, okay, I need to stop thinking about it because now it's starting to mess with me. But he didn't really get it. <laughs> Wheatley's gold. <laughs> oh, this is easy. And like, there's parts where he's like, he's getting addicted to testing you and making you do tests, but yeah. the effects are wearing off. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Or there's one part where, like, you are in a room that you've already been before. And he goes, uh, this is what I made. And uh, Gladys is like, this is my room. What are you doing? He's like, yeah, but the word test is written on the wall now. That's a new, new addition. <laughs> And I like, or I like when GLaDOS is like, uh, well, he can't come up with this many of these or something. And then he's like, guys, I found literally millions of these puzzles. And she's like, oh, okay, never mind. I made a lot of them. I, and yeah, so she's I like, yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's the great. Multiplayer I, does play into the plot a little bit because there's a mention of, oh, I found these two ro robots that I can uh, test forever. Yeah, they're, uh, Mark and I were talking about it off air. Neither of us has played the, the multiplayer. But I did look up uh, a playthrough of it. It's only someone beat in like two hours and I only watched part of it. But unlike the first game, this one does have a co-op campaign where you play as these two bots, uh, Atlas and Peabody. And they're basically back in the fight in the factory with GLaDOS and GLaDOS is, is chirping and stuff like that. And the robots, you basically have to work. And I have to say, like, I, I actually would be interested in trying this co-op mode because now you've got two different people that need to work together by making portals for the other ones to go through and grabbing cubes and handing them to each other. And uh, again, much like when they introduced the slime or the, the, the beams, it's just another way to add another layer of depth to these puzzles. This, it is, looks the really time, cool. this is the first time my partner has heard about this and she's very visibly excited about us playing this together. Yeah. You guys need to fire it up. It looks fucking, yeah. I'm going to try to convince Shaylee. Shaylee hates puzzle games. <laughs> but I'm going to try to be like, I right, come because we end up fighting because we get stuck and we end up getting an argument from each other. But I'm going to try to convince her to give it a shot with me because it's I'm sorry I can't weigh more onto it because I know people had brought it up, but I just I haven't played it. But I will say from what I saw of it, it looks as brilliant as these two games are. Maybe like, eventually we can do an episode just about the Portal 2 multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, perhaps I. Uh, but yeah, because I need to we need to think of like. I, I got to say, man, when we covered Portal 1 last year, 
people have been on me to play these games forever. Everyone's like, you like puzzle games? These are maybe some of the best puzzle games ever made. And I was like, eh, eh we'll see. I don't, I don't know. Then when I finally played Portal 1 last year, I was like, that was absolutely... Like it was, it was funny that we made it the final episode of the year last year as a bit of a surprise, and I didn't know that it was as brilliant of a game as it was, and it turned out to be such a great way to end the year. And I knew coming into twenty twenty three that we'd end this year with Portal two, and I'm like, fuck, I don't know, I I don't know what. I mean, like the multiplayer game, like maybe yeah, but I'm like, I don't know what other game is this Good. special. Like these yeah. are just absolutely. Like I, if I'm 90% sure I gave the last one a perfect score, which I never do very, very rarely. Um, and, and I'll, and I'll ask you that as we get ready to score this, like, let's just score it out of 10. Let's just show it respect. It's too good a game to fuck around. Yeah. With. Is this a, is this another perfect 10? Uh, not quite. This is like a 9.8. Cause of those outside areas. Because of those few areas that are not as fun as the other ones. Um, but even then, they you get like a point two knocked off because it was still funny and engaging during those parts. For me, it's a nine point eight. Uh, the first one's perfect. This one's a little bit longer. They had to stretch the concept a little bit further. Wasn't quite as good, but still, man, what an outstanding game! Like, yeah, like I've been battling with this. Like, it's funny. It's fun. It's it's visually spectacular. Like there's so many parts where, you know, the whole factory will move and you have these big, enormous kind of actiony set pieces. And you just go, this ran on the PS three. This is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. If you, if you like puzzle games, like it, I don't think so. Like here's my dilemma is I don't think portal one has a flaw. I think portal two is a better game. But it, I do think it has a slight flaw with those factory climbing levels. So I'm like, well, if it's got a flaw, it can't be a perfect 10. But then I'm like, but it's it's, it's a paradox. Because I'm like, if it's got a flaw, it's not a perfect 10. But if it's better than the first game, which was a perfect 10, then by fault, it has to be a perfect 10. Oh, man, that's that's such a tough... And I don't know tough. what to... You know what? I just, I have, I... <laughs> to quote Artie Ziff, I, it is too respected that it would damage the industry to hear me give it anything less than a perfect... I have to. It's I give okay. it another 10. You know what? And I'm not even going to argue that hard with you on, on that. Yeah. They're just so good. These two games are so good. Listen to me. You listening to this podcast right now, if you like puzzle games and you have not played the Portal games, they're available on everything. They're available on the cheap. And I, I can. You're I can not paying us to say this. I swear to God, if you've never played a Portal game, I beg the both the games you can get on the Switch in one package. Play the first one, then the second one. Maybe ten hours of back to back. Yeah, they're they're these Portal and Portal Two are to me as far as puzzle games what Super Mario World is to me as a platformer. Like yes. I put them in that high of regard. They are perfect video games. And have we have we seen a puzzle game as good as this since? No, I don't think so. I don't think. I don't, I don't no, think I don't think so. Then, no. then again, I haven't played every single. Uh, I haven't played every single game since then. No, but like, the, like the only game that comes close to scratching the same itch is maybe something like Celeste. Right, but but that's like like that's a plat that's more of yeah. a platformer slash puzzle game, but 
like the only puzzle game that I would put in the conversation with Portal is is Tetris. And everyone that knows how much I adore Tetris, like that is how high of praise I have for these yeah. games. They are so good. I wish they'd make a Portal movie. I'd watch a Portal movie. I'd watch. But then again, like the thing about I love so much about Portal is that it's a game. It's like I'd go see a Portal movie if I even if I'd go to any lengths to see a Portal movie. But at the same time, like I'd go in knowing, like, okay, this is a movie. I just, yeah, I just want more of the banter between uh, between Glados and uh, and Wheatley, and I, I just want more of that fucking witty banter. I'd want, I'd want Stephen Merchant to come back as Wheatley. I'd want uh, J.K. I don't know the actress's name, but her to come back as Glados. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Mike. Oh, it's Ellen. Ellen McLean is the yes, voice. Yes, of- that's her name. Glado. So shout out to Miss Mc. Oh my God, she was the voice of the witch in Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead Two. I fucking hate the witch. Oh that, my God, what wow. great villain! What a beast. She is a great villain, man. We're gonna end this episode in a minute, but I just I remember years ago. I bet you I can still find it. I there was a list. IGN released a list of the greatest villains in video game history, and it really just stuck with me that. Uh, here it is. Top 100 villains. I just want to make sure this is the right list. Oh, fuck right off. IGN and your stupid fucking website. Now it's one of those like, you have to be an insider to see it. Suck my dick. I think anyway, we might have had the same conversation when we did this last year. I think so what too. Do you, what do you put as number one? I, I will always think that Bowser is the greatest villain in gaming history. Bowser's, Bowser's a great villain. That's a good choice for number one. Um, for me, I think it actually might be a toss-up between GLaDOS or Gruntilda from Banjo-Kazooie. Gruntilda's a pretty good villain. I, I just like yeah. Bowser. Just like I look at Bowser as like he like, like he's bigger than gaming at this point. He's like class. he is just yeah. he's so iconic, you know. He's so, but, and he's such such an incredible character, and yeah, and but, a recognizable character, and is it was I loved Jack Black in that part. Me too. Um, that IGN list had GLaDOS as like a top, I think it was like, she was, I think, fourth. Like she was what a top five villain on this list. And I knew all the other villains. It was like, you know, the Bowsers, the Kefkas, the Sephiroths, the Ganons, like those ones that everybody knows, the Dr. Eggmans, mm-hmm. like all those. But I had no idea who this GLaDOS person was because I'd never played Portal. And, and like, now that I've played these games, I'm like, she is absolutely on that list. Like yeah. she is top five. And She's like spectacular. As big of a Zelda fan as I am, as a huge Zelda fanatic, I don't think Ganon makes the list. Well, he's not top. I don't think he's top five. No. No. As far as, because Ganon is always just kind of a whatever he has to be for the game. He's bad. He's evil. He's taking over whatever. Yeah. There's it, Except for Wind Waker, he's never given any real clear motivation other right. than, Ah, I want to take everything over and I'm bad. Bah! It's like, yeah. okay, well, I understand that. And that's the level of storytelling we're dealing with, with these games. But GLaDOS, man. Just, she's, she's brilliant. Brilliant. It's an incredible character. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love her. I love these games. Portal. I Portal 2. Give us Portal 3. It wouldn't even oh. make sense like to have Chell come back for a Portal 3. If there is a Portal 3, it has to be a new player character, I think. I I, I would just have, like, a spaceship comes across Wheatley and, like, brings him back. Ooh, interesting. Goes from there. Yeah, that's what I would do. But 
Um, I don't know if you bring back Wheatley. You definitely bring back Glados. I just, I just love Wheatley so much. I do too. I. Anyway, in fact, Brad, a friend of uh, Brad McHugh, friend of the podcast, yeah. had a hedgehog he named Wheatley. Oh no, shit! That's a sweet yeah. name for a hedgehog. Actually, I yeah. like that. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Portal and Portal Two. These games are what a great way to end twenty. Now, fuck! I don't know what we're gonna cover next week, but that poor game's fucked. Like, I have no idea what it's going to be, but it's stuck in the shadows of fucking Portal 2. It's Portal 2, one of these, so. one of these all-time greatest games. All-time. This is an all-time great video game. Yeah. Um, Mark, buddy, it's been fun. It's been a great year. This is the this is the last time you and I have to record a podcast in the year 20 of 23. So uh, thank you for doing this. And again, as you and I are recording, this is actually December 20th. So uh, have a great Christmas. Have a great New Year. Of and, course. Uh, and we'll talk more video games and Simpsons in uh, in 2024, assuming that the world doesn't end from Y2, uh, Y2, 3K. Y2, 20, Y2, 20, 24. <laughs> I was trying to think of a way to end it. Whatever. Yeah. Fuck you. Portal's great. Good job, buddy. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Mark, thank you so much for giving me a call and talking Portal 2 and every single one of you hot dog, nerd, cake, whatever you want to call yourselves listening to this right now. Whether this was your first Remember the Game, your 279th, or some fucking crazy number in between, thank you so much for the support. I'm so grateful. 2023 was a great year for this show, and I have all of you to thank. Without you, I'm just a dipshit yelling into a microphone. With all of you... I'm still just that, but I have people listening to me. So thank you all so much. If you enjoy the show, leave us a nice review, would you? I, I read them when I'm sad and they make me happy. And uh, if you want more of them, I'm, I'm telling you, patreon.com slash remember the game, $3 for the whole month, three bucks. It's like half the price of a cup of Starbucks crappy coffee. Then you get tons of podcasts, hundreds of archived episodes, and you'll get access to our Sega Genesis game draft, our third game draft episode of Expansion Pass, which goes live today. Wednesday the 27th at Noon Mountain. Fucking wild. Um, thank you so much, everybody. I'm going to thank some patrons and get out of here. I don't feel like doing any more plugs today. It's the holidays. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, New Year, whatever the fuck you celebrate. I hope you're happy, safe, and well. Take it easy. I hope your heart's not on fire like mine is right now from eating too much food. And we'll be back in 2024 with more of my subpar podcast adventures. Take it easy, everybody. Cheers so long. Goodbye. Remember the game is brought to you by our Patreons. I could not puke up all the content I churn out every week without all of your support. The following people are at the Senior Executive Vice President level or higher at patreon.com slash remember the game. And as such, I am contractually obligated to thank them as quickly as possible. So a huge thank you to, this is in order from newest to oldest. Shank, the rat-faced bastard, Jake Craven, Adam's new personal assistant, the cardigan-wearing wrestler, Captain Steve N, VOS Rager, Wilco, Justin Blair, Diablo Spartan, Chicken Gizzards, Theodore, David Schroeder, Tess Tickle, Clockwork Orange These Nuts, Eric Hopewell, Adam Galaxy, still has reviewed Mario Blank, Bearded Bastard, S, Alex McIntyre, Nothing Can Possible I Go Wrong, Philip Ramsey, Lotus, AJ McKirji, Johnny Zubu81, Lord Stay Puffed, Austin from Past the Present Player Podcast, Flinny123, Ryan Whitcomb, Big Daddy Randall, Scissor Fist, Elephant Calves, Chaz Hammond, Zoo 
Luke Troy, Cody Thompson, Liquor Like Luigi, Fill Up My Mouth With Farts, Cesar, Plow King, Buy Me Bone Storm, or Go To Hell, Mad Zeus, Bula, Glue Scappin, Blobby Rogers, Brian Richmond, Sabin, Guy Who Does Things, Robbie Air, Jay Callahan, Adam Blank Still Isn't Reviewed, Mario Galaxy, Tornado, Shoeboxers, Atrial Wormwood, Raging Irish, Mark Sneed, E-Man, Trucker, The Supreme, Chose Rizzo, Fallen Snow Kiku, Tyler Bauer, It's OG, Hired Goons, Who, B-Money, Yellow, Mellow, B-Money, Mellow Yellow 8787. There we go. Chris Hill has finally finished Tears of the Kingdom. Carbon Fiber Zombie, Benjamin Atkins, Faded Sufferance, Alex Ramos, Sour Goat Face, Max Sandin, Frosty Bear, Lucas Shaman, Roger Staubach, Spool Cleaner, Lord Longrod, Von Hugendom II, Marcus Mendoza, Digital Dave, Because 19 Beers of War, all wrapped up in a soft warm flour tortilla. This motherfucker can't destroy her. Kevin Monroe, The Big Deal, Adam Martinet, Youngster, TK, Nick Creature, West Gen, Postman, Dark Skywalter, Rated X, Ill-End. Solomon Soto, Just Car Pranks, Mr. Papa Giorgio, Itzy Nutsuru, Lucas Valadez, Alex R, Ryan Perry, Ted Explosion, Tom Houlihan, Neil Cooper, Alexander Camps, Works For Me, A.B. Killen, Wheel of Fish, Kia Pup, Brandon Dezebuk, Bobby, Bobby Litton, Maverick, Big The Cat, Zamatos, Christopher Britt, Cam Nelly 23, Quiet Place Queen, Burt Macklin, Chevy Boy 9211, Hitchy Poo, Beef Dingleberry, Timothy Sabrinsky, John M. Watkins, Graham Kennedy, Musty Beetle, Radioactive Man, Maverick Marty, Christian Gabriel, Wimp. 15, Timmy the Exuberant Turtle, Isaias, Squeaknuts, Sleeper Hit, Colin Bollinger, The Fletchman, Nerdy Hybrid, Donnie the Dude, Walter, Sam Carpenter, Drugs and Ben, okay, Franklin Badge, John of the Adult Children Podcast, James Juan Francesco, Max Lagroom, I Cancelled My Netflix to Afford the Shoutout, Dem Boys on the Roof, General Fury, Cody Richardson, Nicole Aldena, Eroku Saki's Gardener, Chris Williams, Timothy Kayach, High Plains Drifter, Hegel Waffle, Earl, Archangel Otaku, Storm Beagle, Scary Terry, Blaine the Hoagie Man, Wyatt the Surgeon, who's not a surgeon, Row, a dude named Adam Decoy man fuzzy 99 dan fuselman gabe matt babineau stud still smash rush's dog walker leroy westrich nicole nicola thomas smith beaver boy laces out dan biddy thomas childs mega mav nick amos eric james joe the sandman phil lencher tyler juris dr mario mizuru steve dalk jameer williams dbxj madam nudsich it's that nerd james elijah burns chugger 22 triple frosty fee 492 ball sack teabagger zach shepherd holmes adam blank still is reviewed super paper mario just a fish randy barrage john wood Rough Tunable Power, Daniel, Jeff Bergeron, Sonko 504, Titan 420, Squints, Johnny from Virginia, Wolf Magic 21, Doogie, Andy Hudson, Wolfgang, Darren, Mercury 869, G9 PSX, Mike Maloney, Ryan Kinchin, Zane Donovan, Morgan A Town, Nathan Tromblay. <sighs> Aaron Lawson, Scott Brooks, No One Cares, Dave Thompson, Angry Ticks, Little Boy Fufu 89, Confused, but still here, Jordan Fraser Burns, oh, excuse me, Jordan Andrew Wright, that fucked me up, that Fraser Burns changed his name, fucked me right up, Jordan Andrew Wright, Chris Fleury, Doug Dorn, Slick Rick, Dan of DNA Gaming, Dave McGee, James Clark, aka Chucketopia, The Keegs, Jeffrey Mathis, Andre Sharonic, Joe Buck, and Make Chapala Magic Money, not a bad batch of shoutouts to wrap the year up, Happy New Year, everybody, take it easy, goodbye.